And we now return to that portion of Scripture that we read from Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, and we might choose for our text this morning, verse 20 there. Mark chapter 6, verse 20 for our text, which reads, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and unholy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. And seeking God's own blessing, we want to meditate profitably upon these words in context this morning. You never really know what's going on in someone's mind. As we don't know what goes on behind closed doors in the homes of every single one of us. So, no individual really knows what's going on in the, the heart or the mind of another individual. And if we're absolutely honest with ourselves, the truth is, very often, we don't know what's going on in our own hearts and minds either. Because of sin, we are reminded, the Bible tells us, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And Jeremiah goes on to tell us that ultimately only God knows. And we can easily deceive ourselves. This is what we find here, to a certain extent. Herod was a complex character, to say the least. But there may well be individuals in our midst here, or indeed hearing, who can identify with the life of Herod. What we're looking at here is mentioned in the three Gospels, and we came across it as we were going through uh, Luke's Gospel. And if my memory serves me correctly, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't really begin his public ministry until after John was put in prison. And really what we're looking at here is John would have been in prison for about a year. And Jesus had gathered his 12 disciples and he had been ministering publicly for some time. And now he was sending them out on a trial run, if you like, as part of their apprenticeship. And they went out and began to preach the gospel. And basically their message was the same as John the Baptist. And their message was the same as how Jesus began. Both of these men, Jesus and John, began basically by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, turn away from your sins. And that's what the disciples went out and began to, to preach in order that they might learn something in a hands-on experience without the Savior being with them. And of course, they also had uh, miraculous powers with them. Verse 13 that we read, And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and, and healed them. Herod heard about them, and he was disturbed. Who is this guy, Herod? Well, Herod is a generic name you will find there are 
various references to Herod in the Gospels. When Jesus was born, it was Herod the Great. This is not the same Herod that we're looking at here. It's another Herod. It's one of his sons. And this one here we're looking at is Herod Antipas was his name. And as we said, Herod the Great, who was in the time of the birth of the Lord Jesus, died. And before he died, he made his three sons to be rulers. And he gave them, or he divided the, the land of Israel into three, uh, four sections. And he gave two sections to Herod Antipas that we're looking at here. And he was the tetrarch of Galilee and Perea during the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was married to another lady, but he went to Rome, and there he met his brother's wife, Herodias, who was married to his brother Philip. And Herod Antipas, the one that we're looking at in this text today, lured Herodias and enticed her that she would leave Philip and come and be his wife. So Herod Antipas managed successfully to lure her. He divorced his wife and then he married Herodias. Nothing really unusual in that in the sense that people with power and authority could really do as they pleased. And no one would really say a word to them. No doubt they might speak behind his back, but no one would reprove him for what he did. He had power. He could chop their heads off if they said something about this. Therefore, he thought he got away with it. But the preacher, John the Baptist, when he began to preach... As you know, his message was repent. And he would have told Herod when he got an audience with him. When, we don't know, but he had an audience with Herod. And he addressed Herod particularly and told him, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. It's against the law of God. The law of the land might not say anything to you. And the Romans, they might not say anything to you. And the people might not say anything to you, but God has a controversy with you. You have broken his law. You have broken the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. And therefore, you need to repent. We are told, therefore, then, Herod feared John. And that's the title I want to give to the meditation this morning. It's Fearful Herod. Fearful Herod, because as we shall go through this, we will find that he did fear John in some sense, but that wasn't all that he feared. He was a fearful individual. And basically, he was a fearful individual because his conscience was troubling him. And what a mighty ally the preacher has, the conscience. The conscience needs to be fed, of course. The conscience is not perfect. But oh, what an ally it is when it's fed by the truth of the Word of God. You see, the preacher has an ally within every single individual. That's why the preacher can go anywhere. 
He can go to the roughest places in the city and in the world. He can go to the most uncivilized tribe in the world. And he can preach to the conscience. Because God has put a conscience in every single one of us. And God and the preacher can go to the high class society where they are educated. And he can also preach to them. He can preach exactly the same message. Because God has given all of us a conscience. It is God's register in the heart, in the mind, in the individual. Well, let us seek to unpack this text for our edification this morning. We find here then first, Herod feared John. And this fear restrained him. This fear restrained him. We're told in verse 19, Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. Why? Because Herod feared John. The real problem was Herodias. But Herod had a fear. He had a respect for John. And therefore he would not let Herodias get her way with John. Because she wanted him dead. She wanted his voice silenced. Herod, and again I need to remind you just in case we get confused. Herod is talking, Mark is talking here about what has happened in the past. This has happened in the past. When these people went out to preach the gospel, John was long dead. But Mark is recalling and telling us how his death came about. We're meant to remember this, that when the disciples were going forth preaching, John was long gone out of the scene. But they began to preach, and they began to preach in the manner of John the Baptist and in the manner of the Lord Jesus. And Herod heard this. And what happened to him? His conscience was troubled. Verse 14, and King Herod heard of him. King Herod heard of him. That, of course, is Christ. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others were being confused. Others said, it's Elias. And others said, it's a prophet. But do you notice what Herod says in verse 16? But when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John. He was absolutely convinced it was John. And our text tells us that he feared John. He feared John when he was alive. Now he fears him more when he is dead. Why is that so? You think, well, I've killed John. He's out of it. It cannot possibly be John. But nevertheless, he says it is John. Why? Because his, tru- his conscience was awakened. He recognized the terrible deed that he had done. And he could not get John out of his mind. Friends, have you got a troubled conscience today? Many people try to silence their conscience. The conscience will not be silenced unless you will go to the one who alone can give you 
a peaceful conscience. The conscience will trouble you. Or you may try to still it. You may try to smother it. You may immerse yourselves in activities. You may want to be distracted from it. And you may silence it to some, to some extent. But there will, come, will, there will come occasions when your conscience will be troubled. And you will not be able to still it or to quieten it. And the only way, friends, to have a peaceful conscience is to be right with God. Why do we have a troubled conscience? Because we know there's a barrier. There is something, there is a barrier between us and a holy God. And nothing in this world will be able to take this away, but that we find peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, the Bible says, we have peace with God. Do you know, friends, that this is what the world longs for? This is why there were the pubs and the bars were full last night and the nightclubs and all the entertainment things that goes on in this world. Why? People were wanting peace. They're wanting peace. They're wanting happiness. And there's nothing wrong in wanting happiness. It is our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. But people are looking in the wrong direction for happiness and for peace. And they'll never find it. And you will never find it. Your conscience will never be stilled. Until you come to the Lord Jesus. Until you avail yourself of that remedy that God has provided for us in the gospel. And here, King Herod, with all his authority. Heard the simple gospel preaching of the of the rookie disciples and his conscience troubled him again he thought he could get rid of it but no there it was and he he acknowledges again verse 16 it is John whom I beheaded his crime is coming back to him John didn't die a natural death Herod was the one who gave the command, chop his head off. And now the awfulness of that crime was coming back. And boy, his conscience was working overtime as it were. He thought by doing what he would do, that would be the end of it. But no. There is no escaping this. Last week, in our evening service, we looked at the rich man and Lazarus. And we noticed the rich man was in hell in torments. Now people debate and argue about the flames, where the literal flames. We're not going to enter into that kind of discussion here. But... What is abundantly crystal clear that those in hell will have a terrible time with their own conscience. You see, the conscience will be truly awakened like it was never awakened before. 
It will be alive. It will do its work. And you all know what it's like to have a conscience that troubles you. We've all experienced it. And even as Christians, we can experience it. There's a dispute between brethren. And your conscience is not right. And you know you have to get it dealt with in order that you might have a peaceful conscience again. That's just a slight matter. But every one of us has known about having a troubled conscience. And we know that it will not go away until it's dealt with. Well, friends, in eternity, in that dreadful place, in the bottomless pit that has been prepared for the devil and his angels, there will be no respite from the conscience. It will be alive. It will be quick. It will work. It will be perfect. It will torment you day and night, night and day, continually forever. And what Herod experienced here was only a part of it. Whom I beheaded. He found no peace. He remembered what he had done. And you will remember. You'll remember your parents who prayed for you. You'll remember the ministers who prayed for you. You'll remember the ministers who give you invitations as they are commanded in the gospel to come to the Lord Jesus and you despise these invitations. You will remember them. And you will remember Christian friends who sought to lead you and guide you in the Christian way. And you'll remember all of these things. Your memory will not fail you on that time. You see, Herod at this time doesn't need a preacher. What he needs is a savior. Someone who would save him from his conscience. What else does the text tell us? For Herod feared John, knowing. What did he know? Knowing that he was a just man and unholy. Herod was a wicked man. Herod was no model citizen. He was no great king. He was cruel. He was sensual. We wouldn't like Herod to, to reign over us. But when he saw John the Baptist and when he heard John the Baptist, he recognized this man's the real thing. This man's a genuine man of God. This man preaches the word of God. And he lives according to the word of God. His life is consistent with what he preaches. As we might say in modern words, he not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk. And there was something about John that Herod, even in his sinfulness, could, de could determine this man is real. What he's saying is true. I need to listen to this. And I can see by his life that he is truly a man of God. My memory's failing me, but I can remember of in my reading concerning someone who was a, an atheist and a skeptic. And he was found one day making, rushing towards where George Whitfield was going to preach. And the people saw him, or some who knew him saw him. Here he was making great efforts to go and hear a preacher. And they said to this person, this great atheist, this 
influential person. Why are you going to hear that preacher? You don't believe a word of what he says. What was his reply? That's true. I don't believe a word he says. But he does. He does. In other words, the preacher's preaching the word of God and he believes that word of God and I see it and I want to go there and to be a witness and to hear him and to see him being consumed with his message and as he delivers that message to me, I don't believe it, but he does. Well, this is the way that, that Herod looked upon John. He could see that John, by his demeanor, by his language, by his lifestyle, by everything about him, that this man is truly sent from God. He's a messenger from God. And he was going to hear him. Our text also goes on a bit further. And indeed, Mark's account of this is, is more elaborate and enlarged than the other gospel accounts. He was a just man and unholy and observed him. The margin reading of that part and observed him would read something like this. Watched out for him, took an interest in him, protected him, headed in a high estimation of John. And when it says he observed him, he was watching out for, for him. Why was he watching out for him? He was watching out for him because Herodias was out to get him. Matthew Henry is of the view that Herod knew about this matter. Herod knew that when this girl was going to dance before them, and Herod would then give that oath to her that she could ask for anything up to half the kingdom, and it would be granted to her. But Herod knew this was going to happen. He was part of it. It was all a scheme devised by Herodias and Herod and the daughter in order to get rid of John the Baptist. I'm not so sure that Mr. Henry is correct. He's an excellent commentator and expositor, but I'm not sure he's correct on this occasion. Because when it says, and observed him, the marginal reading is he was looking out for him, he was protecting him. He wouldn't let Herodias have her way with him. He had a high estimation for John. We are told he heard him, and he heard him gladly. Exactly where and how, we don't know. But John was in prison. Was John called to Herod's palace? Or did Herod go to the palace? We don't know. But he heard him. He heard his own voice. And he heard him gladly. 
He loved to hear John the Baptist preach. And this reminds us about the days of Ezekiel the prophet, when he was preaching to the exiles in Babylon. They would gather before him. They would love to hear him preach. He was like an entertainer to them. That's how they looked upon Ezekiel. And when he finishes preaching, what happens? They will go out and they would forget all that he said and they would carry on just doing what they did before. It was just like entertainment. And this is the way it was for Herod. He delighted. John was telling him the truth. John was opening up the scriptures. Everything was meeting to his approval and he heard him gladly. What else? We're told he did many things. John was telling him to repent. And there were some things he would repent of. Again, the Bible does not elaborate. But he certainly did not repent of his adultery. But there were other sins that John would have highlighted. And Herod was one who was dutiful to a certain extent. He did many things. John said, thou shalt not steal. Maybe Herod stopped stealing. Herod may, in some sense, took part in the worship of God. We don't know. Herod stopped lying. Herod stopped cheating. Herod stopped doing certain sins, things that he found wrong in his life, things that he was prepared to give up. But he wasn't prepared to give up everything. He wasn't prepared to turn away from all of his sins. He did many things. And friends, this is something we want to ask ourselves. We come to the house of God. We hear God's word. We are told that we must repent and we must forsake our sins. Are we of that kind that will forsake some sins but not all of them? Are there pet sins that we hold on to that we will not repent of? Then we're just like Herod. We are told here, he did many things. Not just one thing, but many things. We're not going to say for one moment that he had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. We won't give him that kind of credibility, but... He was, in some sense, half-hearted. He would go so far, but not all that was required. We can't pick and choose. We can't say, well, I'll obey this commandment, but I won't obey another commandment. The fourth commandment today is one that's widely broken by professing Christians. And I know that in a certain extent we all break the fourth commandment. None of us have ever kept the fourth commandment as we should. But what I mean is there are professing Christians who openly do not observe the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is the Sabbath day. This is the Christian Sabbath. 
the first day of the week that reminds us of the resurrection of Christ and the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It is our day of rest. It's our day of worship, both public and private. It's a day devoted to the glory of God. It's a day that we need. Many Christians think nothing of this day. It's a commandment they are not prepared to honor and obey. We don't have that warrant. We are to obey all God's commandments. Herod thought he could pick and choose. He did many, many things. <clears throat> what about ourselves then? Do we see something of Herod in us? We are complex. Nothing's quite straightforward as we might think it is. Well, Herod feared John. But you know what, friends? John did not fear Herod. There was no fear of John. There was no fear of Herod for John. He was true, faithful to his commission. He was a forerunner to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a greater than I coming. And this would have been part of his message to Herod. What am I? I'm just the bridegroom. I'm just the one that's going to announce that Christ is coming. And to some extent, this is the role of the preacher today. The preacher today is to tell people to prepare themselves for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know when that day will be, but it will come. And Herod feared John, but John did not fear Herod. He gave the full counsel of God. And because of that, he ultimately lost his life. Second thing, briefly, we want to notice, Herod feared John, but he also feared Herodias. This was the real problem. Verse 19, Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him. She was open. She didn't want John. John was one who was upsetting the relationship. John was causing them to, to recall their sin. And they didn't want that. And what's the best way to deal with it? She wanted to kill him. But she could not. But you know, friends, Herod feared Herodias, more than she feared John. Here we really have, here was this man under the thumb on this matter. He may well have been a leader and the head of his household in most things, in most matters. But in this particular matter, it was petticoat rule. And he feared her more than he feared John. And of course what it is really is he feared man. The fear of man. 
And this is a real snare. A real snare to every single one of us. If we're ever going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're ever going to do what's right, if we're ever going to have repentance unto life, we must have the fear of God above every other fear. Because the fear of man is a snare. It's a terrible thing. It stops people from doing what is right. They're more concerned about what their neighbors will say or what their wives or their husbands or their sons or daughters will say and they do not care so much about what God will say. And as an add-on to this, he feared his reputation. Verse 26. The king was exceeding sorry, yet for his oath's sake, and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. He had said on a number of occasions that he would do whatever this, this daughter wanted. He said it with an oath on a couple of occasions at least. Whatever you want, up to the half of my kingdom, you can have, I swear. This is it. It's yours. And all the people heard it. And because of this, because of his reputation, he would not relent. He had taken an oath, but it was not a lawful oath. And under the law of God, he would be allowed and permitted and expected not to honor his oath because it was an unlawful oath. But he thought more of his reputation than the fear of God. Let us examine ourselves this today. Where are we as far as our eternal future is concerned? Where are we regarding our discipleship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we followers of him or are we followers of the fear of man? Are we worried about what people will say? Or do we seek to please the living God? That's what matters. And Herod feared Herodias. And Herod feared his reputation more than he feared John. And more than he feared the living God. And finally, drawing from what we know later on in the life of Herod when he had an audience with Jesus Christ. Pilate sent Christ to Herodias. Why did, he send him, why did he send him to Herod? He sent him to Herod because he found out that Jesus was from Galilee and that was part of Herod's territory. And therefore he sent Christ to Herod. And Herod thought this was a great occasion. He was going to question the Lord Jesus and he hoped to see a miracle being performed by him. He didn't get what he wanted. Christ didn't take him on at all. Herod didn't fear Christ. What a terrible situation. The man who had John the Baptist preaching to him. A man whose conscience was awakened. 
a man who was told to repent, a man who was told there was the wrath of God was coming, a man who was told that God was going to bring judgment upon the Jewish church and that they need to repent and believe in the one that was coming, the one who had been primed with all of these things when he met the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no fear of him before him. And he died and was lost and perished. Where are we then, friends? Here was a man who feared a preacher, but he didn't fear Christ the Lord. And he perished and died. Herod Antipas, who was the ruler of two regions in Israel during the time of Christ's life, was a wicked and godless person. Yet he loved to hear John the Baptist preach, but he derived no saving benefit from the preaching. Does that describe you today? Take the warning, friends. Herod feared John. That's not enough. You must fear the Lord Jesus Christ. You must have dealings with him. Otherwise, you will die and perish. May the Lord bless his word to us.